Welcome to Real Talk with RJ and Matt. Join us each week as we break down merch by Amazon and print on demand with some of the top sellers on the platform. Learn from some of the best as we test theories and examine strategies to give you the tools and knowledge to find success in this industry. This podcast is sponsored by Merch Informer. Take your merch game to the next level by finding untapped niches and high sales volume keywords. Save hundreds of research hours by heading over to MerchInformer.com and grab a free three-day trial today. Links in the description below. Let's give a little intro uh, for Tim. Uh, explain who the hell he is and why you should pay attention to him. Tim, why should we pay attention to you? Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I'll say this. Not everybody agrees with me, but man, I'm passionate about what I believe. Um, you're going to get, you know, very unfiltered opinions from me. Um, and when it comes to e-commerce, right? Like I'm, oh, I'm about to get fired up already. Y'all That's already right, got let's me. Go. Up. So I'm not an Amazon seller. All right. I'll start off by saying that I'm not an Amazon seller. Um, I'm a product seller, right? Like I don't identify with one platform. If you're out there thinking going, I'm an Amazon seller, I'm a merch seller. No, you're a product seller. Even if you're selling merch, your product is that logo, right? Like be thinking further than the platform that you're on or that image, not just that logo, but that image. Like be thinking further beyond that. So um, anyways, I'm a product seller and I get to hang out in a lot of circles. Like I'm really blessed to see a lot of stuff. You know, I, I started out, I had a company in China. I used to freaking have a company in Africa. Um, we've got a company down in Guatemala now operating. I get to speak at all these conferences and I get to see like from a bird's eye view, like a lot of things that work and a lot of things that don't, but I'm not locked down to a certain method, right? That skews my opinions. So these guys that have a piece of software, all right, I'm gonna pick on Jungle Scout because I hate Jungle Scout, you know, for Amazon yeah. FBA research. Jungle Scout sells their software based on a method. And yeah, that method worked five years ago. It doesn't work anymore, but they can't change their story, right? So where some people are like stuck because I'm playing Switzerland over here and I get to see a lot of different people and a lot of things that are working and not, I get this cool perspective, right? And it's kind of unbiased. So I guess, Matt, to answer your question, you know, why, why would anybody listen to what I've got to say? It's because I don't have, you know, like a, what's I'm looking for? I don't have an agenda, right? Like I honestly just get to see what works for people and what doesn't in the whole e-commerce business whatever they're selling, whatever platform they're selling on, however they're selling it. And, uh, and it's stuff that stays like up to date and current and modern. I know that what worked nine months ago doesn't work now. Yeah, no, when I first, yeah, no, no, for sure. When I first met Tim, it was in uh, Vegas last year. Uh, we went out and met John and Amanda for a night. We're just kind of hanging out and we, they introduced us to this guy and he was talking about Amazon. I was like, who the hell is this guy? By the end <laughs> of the night, like did a little drinking, spent some time together. And it's like, we were on the high roller. We were on the high roller. You get to see a completely different side. Like it was, it was very eye opening for me, who had you know done a little bit of FBA, and then I was fully into merch at that point. But I'd been thinking about doing private label, and you know what you were talking about was completely different. What everybody else is talking about um, in terms of like what the best strategies were and how you should do things. And it's really, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of shaped a lot of what I've done going forward. It just kind of opened my eyes to the fact, you know, cause I'm, I'm contrarian by nature. Like I feel like if you're doing what everybody else is doing, it's going to be real hard to get ahead. And yep. I feel like you look at things the exact same way. Yeah. I call that the caboose principle, right? Like if you're following what everybody else is doing down that train track, all right, you got your, your, 
your engine and you got your coal car and your flat cars and your tanker cars and you're the caboose, right? You're the new guy. Think about how physically hard it is for a caboose to jump another car on the track. Like that's, that's really like you got to physically break the train apart, get a crane. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard. And when you're following 20 other train cars doing the same thing, you're always going to be number 20. You know what I mean? 100%. But, but what's crazy is there are so many new opportunities out there. And, you know, I used to do the same bull crap too, man. I used to follow the jungle scout approach to private label. And I used to sell the same bull crap everybody else did. And I thought if I just give away more products, do more coupon codes and do these black hat tactics to rank, like I'll be in good position. What happens is I would blow my way up to page one by giving away $6,000 for the product. And then as soon as I'm done and my fuel runs out, the next guy does it and it just pushes me back down. Mm-hmm. So I got really frustrated and I was looking at all sorts of different business models. Cause I'm like, man, this Amazon FBA thing doesn't work. And eventually I kind of got lucky and I started figuring out ways to identify things that were in demand with no competition. And I had to start ignoring all the other gurus out there. The people that are like, Oh, jungle scout and all these, you know, pieces of software that tell you this. Well, I would look at product ideas and all the software validation would say it sucked. And the reason they said it sucked is there wasn't enough sales history to back it up. All right. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a second. We as humans are scared to death to jump in a body of water if we don't know how deep it is. Okay. You're standing on this cliff and it's a 50 foot drop to the water. And you don't know if that water is a foot deep or 50 feet deep. It is scary to jump because what if it's a foot deep and you die? Right. And we do the same thing in all of the decisions that we make, including business decisions. So if we're standing on the precipice and we're thinking, I want to launch this product, this is something I want to launch but nobody is selling it yet. That's scary because maybe the water's a foot deep or maybe it's 50 feet deep. But on the other hand, if you're jumping off a cliff that everybody else is jumping off of already and you know like, hey, this is safe, like I'm not going to die. Well, the problem is you're still jumping into a pond that a thousand other people are already swimming in. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So what we started doing was we started figuring out ways to test that water and figure out how deep that water was even if there were no existing sales and there was no existing data to back up how many other people are already swimming in the pond. So we basically figured out how to reach in, find unique ponds, like find ponds that are deep and safe, but nobody's swimming in them yet. Test the water and then be the first to jump in. And that like changed the whole game. It it completely changed everything we were doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and this is where I think, like I said, the, the real value you're going to bring the audience tonight is A, a lot of them do FBA, they do Amazon stuff. But B, I think that this is a principle that's universal in business, right? Like you don't want to be where everybody else is. You don't want to be where all the competition is. You have to think about how to do things differently. Otherwise, you know, your results are only going to be as good as the rest of your competition. Yeah. So like I said before, I'm not an Amazon seller. I'm a product seller. So whether you're selling a product on FBA, whether you're drop shipping off Shopify, whether you're selling you know, a logo or a design or, or what, whatever it is, you know, on merch or print on demand, like it's all the same principle, right? You have to stop seeing what other people are doing and start taking little chances, but do it based on good data. That's intuitive. You know, I don't have to look at that and say, Oh, there's 12,000 people selling whatever this thing is I've got. Right. But if I see that there's 5,000 people searching for it and nobody's even offering it, you know, that's, that's like, that's the golden goose, right? And it's so obvious to me, but there's so many people out there that are missing it because they're just following the leader, man. They're just following the same footsteps as everybody else. And uh, man, they're getting destroyed. I mean, just absolutely flogged. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy how you just you just like we're barely eleven minutes into the show and you would just killed the whole thing. Uh, it's very important, man. It's important to understand that. That's what's what me and Matt been talking about too. Is just important, just being unique, being different, and that little just being unique and different will bring uh, just like the traffic that comes to you is like I don't know. It's hard. It's kind of hard to explain in a way, but you explained it perfectly right there. Um, and it's, yeah, I will say this: it's easy to get frustrated and scared and like discouraged in this environment too, because I mean, how many people RJ do you talk to every day that are selling something on e-commerce? Mm-hmm. Every, everybody, everybody. That's, I talk yeah, to. Yeah. that's like your circle. That's my yeah. circle. I was at funnel hackers mm-hmm. last week. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like sitting with all these cool people and we're all e-commerce and we're going out, you know, like to meet up since all e-commerce folks. So in my mind, I start thinking like, Oh, not just the products, but the whole business is saturated. Like this mm-hmm. is scary, but guys, Like if I walked over to the local grocery store and I walked up to every person and said, Hey, did you know that you can sell stuff on Amazon? Like 99% of the people would be like, what are you talking about? They don't Mm -hmm. know. See, we're in this like little convoluted bubble where we think that everything is revolving around e-commerce. And like, there's so many people and there's so many competition and they're, they're gobbling up all the opportunities. Like there's nothing left for me, but we are like on the pinprick of the point of the future. Like there has, listen, in 3000 years of history, commerce has been regulated to a small geographical area, 3000 years, right? If I made bread, I would sell to people in my neighborhood. Now, even if I had like a boat and I was traversing the ocean, like I could only sell to wholesalers. Like I only had two or three or five customers, right? Out of the thousands of years that humans have existed, there's only been 15 years of it. What is that percentage? I don't even know how to do the math on that. 15 years of it where we have had the opportunity with this, our cell phone to sell from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world. Right. And I'm saying that because, because what I don't want people to do is get discouraged and be like, Oh, I had two or three failures or I, I launched this merch account and I had like six designs of tacos with cats sticking out of them and they didn't sell and get discouraged because the freaking opportunities are endless right now. Like this is the time, like this is go time. And if you don't get in and make your mistakes now and figure it out now so that five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, like you're on top of that entire movement, you're going to regret it. And you're going to wish that you hadn't given up. You're going to wish you hadn't taken like one bold step, jump into one more pond and figured out one more little thing that's going to work for you. Damn, you better tell your video editor guy to chop that up right there. Seriously. On your YouTube. <laughs> that was some good stuff, man. Um, Tim, Timmy Soapbox. No, that's okay. But here's – so just side note, right? Like so we uh, were at the licensing convention last year, and Tim's there, and he's got his uh, – he's got – was a GoPro or something with him. He's, he's running yeah. around taking videos of everything. He's talking about starting to do content. He's like, I just don't – I don't really know if I'm being any good at this. Like I just – I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And like in the back of my head, I'm like – Dude, you're gonna crush this shit so goddamn hard. Like yeah. you, you are literally like you just you walk around and people just want to hang around with you and talk to you and, and just see what's going that's, on. That's because like, I buy everybody free drinks. Hey man, <laughs> you, you got a method to your madness? Uh, yeah, that's another thing. Tells I was looking at your GoPro. I was like, hey, let me see that right there because I was in Vegas with them too, and uh, I was like, let me see that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, here, check it out. <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> just a camera. <laughs> and it was I don't know. We actually had a really good time over there. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I was actually watching your last YouTube video. Um, you're explaining the, about, uh, you, so you found like a unique product over there, right? And you sourced it and you actually helped the business 
go into Christmas and, and keep their employees employed or something like that? And, oh, and yeah. help the so, kids. Yeah, yeah. So so part of what I do when I'm looking for unique opportunities, I'm trying not to follow that train, right? And when it comes to like private label, you know, the textbook says go to China, right? And don't get me wrong, like we source a lot of products from China. Next month I'm taking like 20 entrepreneurs over to China on a sourcing trip to like teach them how to source products and do business over there and like how to launch, like we do these sourcing retreats that are awesome, right? But also I know that it's a big freaking world out there and there's a lot of opportunities. So I'll tell you kind of history of how I got started down in Central America was um, I used to do a lot of like philanthropic stuff down there and I used to uh, go, or I still do, I go down to Honduras and build houses and um, got involved with some stuff in Haiti a long time ago. And I kind of gained a heart for people in those environments, right? Because these people are desperate. I mean, they're stinking poor. I mean, just they don't have the opportunities. The World Health Organization says that um, extreme poverty means that they're living on less than $1.60 a day. Less than two bucks a day is what these folks are living on. And down in parts of Central America, like Honduras and Guatemala, um, like 60% of the population is under what they call, you know, that extreme poverty, right? So when I'm trying to figure out the private label thing and I'm hanging out in China and having some success, but I start seeing all these saturated products, I start thinking there's got to be a way to reverse engineer this. And then I started seeing Tom shoes. All right. You guys yep. know Tom shoes. Mm -hmm. What is Tom shoes? It's a canvas slipper, mm -hmm. yep. right? Tom shoes cost less than a dollar to make a pair and they sell for 60 bucks and they sell for 60 bucks with very little advertising because the consumer is the advocate right? Like we talk about sales funnels, like you talk about power, turn that funnel into a megaphone, like take that customer that's in the bottom, turn that thing up and start spitting out the word of your brand awareness and all that stuff. But how they do it, they do the story, right? The story behind Tom's shoes is buy a pair, give a pair. You buy a pair of our shoes, we'll give a pair. And they want nuts. Like every millennial out there is walking around in 72 pairs of, you know, Tom's and like they're all falling apart and they're cool, but it's because there was a story behind it. So it took me several years, but I started figuring out that there's got to be other places we can source where we can get that story, right? Mm -hmm. Which is powerful. That's like great for social media content, but also great products. So what we eventually learned to do is like take a really saturated product on Amazon. All right. Let's say it's a product that there's 30 pages of them, but they sell a lot and they got a lot of high, you know, really high search volume. Uh, neck pillows. Is that a bad example? That's a bad example. So oh. let's say... Um, all right, here you go. So here's here's a pencil cup, okay? okay? Pencil cup. How many pencil cups are on freaking Amazon? There's a million, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I bet if you go to page one, they're all like $7. But you know what? There's guys that are looking for a high-end pencil cup, okay? So what if I could read the reviews and figure out what the search volume was and find out the size, shape, and look that everybody liked the best, buy one off of Amazon and send it down somewhere like Guatemala and have it handmade out of some exotic wood by these producers that are using fair wage, fair trade practices, put it in some amazing packaging and tell a story on the listing. Now that $7 cup becomes a $40 cup because there's just enough people out there that want a $40 cup. They can put it on their desks and be like, this was handmade in the jungles of Guatemala, right? Yep. So I went on this giant mission to figure out how to pull that off. And dude, it was hard. And it was hard because the truth is these folks have been, especially in Central America, they've been exploited. All right. They've been exploited for cheap labor and they're hungry. They're desperate. Like, so they'll do anything. 
you know, they'll they'll let me underbid them and underquote them. But there's this kind of revolt going on down there against the gringos, right? Like they're scared to death the gringos to come down and exploit them. So I set up this forum down there and I invited all these entrepreneurs and business successful business owners down there and said, how do we do this? And they said, first off, you can't run it. It's like, what do you mean? They're like, you're a gringo. You can't run it. They won't trust you. So I actually hired this girl down in Guatemala. She's like 28 year, years old, just a freaking hellfire, man. She's, she's a pistol. She'll like, I'm scared of her, but she cares about, you know, the local indigenous people down there and the artisans. So we started this process to find artisans and artisans really loved what we were doing because we were taking care of them as much as they were taking care of us. Now, when I say taking care of them, guys, the price is cheap. Like I can get stuff that I thought would be five bucks a piece for like two bucks, but we don't beat them up on price. And sometimes we give them a little extra. The margins are amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But we start interacting with these artisans. We start doing some crazy stuff. And uh, like we've got a leather brand now that we're representing. They're about to drop a million dollars this year, a million dollars over like seven different families of artisans. And they're launching this giant leather um, leather company that they're not even selling online. Like it's all high end stuff, like $800 duffel bags and $600 briefcases, right? Yeah. And But we're able to take a million dollars of purchasing from one customer down there because we helped connect the artisan with the customer, right? Yeah. So yeah, when I was talking on YouTube last week, I was down there and I was actually like, you know, as much as I work with them and like as much as, you know, my heart pours out for them, because let me talk politically for a second, too. And everybody knows, you know, the whole, you know, Central America, Latin American crisis right now. You know, the the um, the convoys of folks trying to cross the border. Look, I feel for them. I feel for their families. They're desperate. Like they don't know what to do. And they see the U.S. is like the shining beacon. But the answer is not to get in these convoys and try to illegally cross the border and they're getting their kids tear gassed. And like, that's not a long-term solution. The long-term solution is empower them. Like let's take business down there. Like let's teach them and help them grow and build their own businesses and build their own economies. You know what I mean? So anyways, I've got a heart for them and I'm really, really passionate about building out businesses and trying to, um, trying to utilize them and help tell their stories and help build my business and my client's business at the same time. Right? So I'm down there last week. And the story you're talking about, all that leading up to this, um, I'm meeting with this producer, this leather producer, and man, he makes some amazing stuff. We're having a great conversation. And he said something to the effect of this Christmas was really good for him because I got to bring a bunch of business in Q4 to him last year, did a bunch of big orders for some clients. And uh, he said, yeah, I was excited because I was bringing this extra business. And like I was imagining giving all my employees a bonus and a bigger paycheck so they could buy their kids more Christmas presents. Right. Like he as a business owner was excited and he gave his employees these bonuses and they're all excited about it. And after Christmas, he asked, what'd you do with the money? You know, did you buy, did your kids have great Christmases? And they said, no, like we actually put our kids back in school this year. Like we actually had more than one pair of clothes for them. Like we bought them a second pair of shoes. And like I walked out of that guy's, that guy's uh, workshop and like I'm walking down the street and that's where I started filming. And I was like, holy crap, like just when I think I've seen it all and like I understand what I'm doing and like I got my head on straight and I know reality, like this dude's talking about he paid his employees a bonus and they bought their kids their second pair of shoes. Like that's that's pretty that's pretty crappy, like first world problems, you know? Like I'm like, oh, my Starbucks wasn't perfect with soy milk. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we had four extra dollars to put shoes on our kids' feet, 
You know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I do. Um, that's crazy because you, well, everything that you're talking about right there, like artisans and stuff like that, I do have a background in high-end leather goods. Um, when I when I had a job, I was actually working for a company like that, so I would have to go over, um, like a lot of stuff on like, uh, well, leather goods and artisans and how they they make it like a leather good product and how long it took them to do it because there's a story behind it. If you tell the yep. customer a story behind it, like like this and this is what helped me do this and. And what I'm doing now, um, the story behind it actually helps make the sales sometimes. And it yeah, was- it's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying exploit, you know, these artisans for their story. I'm saying tell their story because it's going to bring sales to them. But also, we're not a charity. Like, I can't just dump money down there. Like, the only way to scale this up is if we make money too. Mm-hmm. So, it's a win-win. If we can bring this awesome, you know, connection between consumers here and producers there, by being the seller, by being the brand owner, by being the private labeler, you know, by being the wholesaler, whatever we are, and we can make money doing it too at higher margins than we're used to and easier. Guys, you talk about like optimizing all these like super high keywords. Go put a Pinterest pin, like just a picture on Pinterest of like someone making your product or like the people that your product is helping. You sell merch, great. Start a, uh, you know, a, whatever a teespring or shopify page or whatever that has a certain theme and like add a charity to it like two dollars for every shirt we're going to give to this organization this orphanage organization or something like in a third world country and now it's going to start advertising for you now bloggers are reaching out and you can get on podcasts and like like it starts blowing up right it's a win-win for everybody but ultimately if we want to make money as a business too, we can use that. Like we can use the story to help sell our products and we help them on the back end too. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, story is everything when it comes to this stuff, like just having that and having a connection that, that somebody's going to actually like identify with and buy into, like it takes your item from a commodity to now it's something totally and completely different. It's something that has other value outside of just the value of the item. Yeah. And the only way to sell a commodity is to be cheaper than the other commodity, right? And we're all so sick of race to the bottom, man. We're so tired of it. It's so frustrating. But when we quit following the leader and we actually use our heads, you know, and we start identifying unique opportunities and we start valuing ourselves better, you know what I mean? Like quit, quit thinking that we have to be cheap to be, you know, the guy selling the stuff. That's not the case. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. No. And I mean, I think quite honestly, like what, uh, well, people are realizing too, I mean, this is what Amazon does, right? Like Amazon makes it very easy to wipe out the middle. So you, if you're going to be successful, you either need to figure out how to sell the stuff super cheap, you know, and have a lower, you know, a better margin than the rest of your competitor and do a lot of volume, or you need to figure out what you're talking about right there, which is sell an item for a much higher margin that doesn't have the competition. That's, you know, a different, it's a different value. Yeah. And what's crazy is we have people like, so we've got several brands that we sell, right? Mm-hmm. And like one of our brands, we have people hashtagging our brand name on Instagram on a regular basis, like so often that I don't even keep track of it anymore. Right? Oh. Like I'm not, we've never paid an influencer. Like people are legit getting our products and going, this is nice. Like I want to brag about this to my friends, hashtag mm-hmm. brand name. Right? And those products that we primarily sell on Amazon and we're moving heavily off of Amazon now, it's the most expensive product on page one for certain search terms. And we don't have to do giveaways and promo codes and all that bull crap. It just sits there and it just churns money, right? Because we did something a little bit different. And we didn't, like I, like I was talking about earlier, jump into the water without testing it. 
We were able to test it. We were able to check keywords. We were able to reverse engineer the size, shape, and design that someone else did. We just made it out of a different material and told a different story around it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about something real quick. Um, you kind of blew my mind when we uh, we met up uh, just a couple months ago with uh, with John down in uh, Newport Beach, and yep. you and JB were talking about how many products you guys had brought in. And you literally didn't have time to list all of them. Like how? So this is the mind blowing thing about Tim, right? So Tim tells this amazing story, and it sounds amazing, and you're just like, okay, well they probably only have like five or ten items, you know, five or ten SKUs that they work on because they have all this time they're doing it. No, like you have the, this ridiculous number of products that you guys brought in. Yeah, I, I I honestly have no idea how many SKUs we have, and I'll actually blow your mind a little bit further. I don't know if I told you this when we were down in uh, Cali, but we actually opened up a, a commercial wood shop. Did I tell you about that? No. Yeah, so we now own a commercial woodworking shop here in the States. Because what's happening is we're generating so many product ideas that we can't keep up. And like we needed to speed up timing. So let me back up a little bit to what, what I was telling you um, or to, to what you and I were talking about down there in Cali. So I don't remember exactly what month it panned out. But in Q4 of last year, we launched between 40 and 50 brand new unique products on Amazon. Right. I'm not talking about variations. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about child listings. I'm talking about launched full blown 40 to 50 unique SKUs and where most people load up their products and they like got to start driving, you know, traffic to it and all this stuff. We are having crazy stuff happen. So we do a lot of like low MOQ, low order stuff to test. Right. So mm -hmm. we'll take if I want to know if this concrete pencil cup sells, I'm going to get 30 of these. If I can get my hands on 30 or 50, I'm going to send them to Amazon. I'm going to run PPC tests and scrape the data off of it and see what my number of impressions versus cost per click to see what my competition is, you know, do all that testing. So we're buying like 30, 50, a hundred of these things or even making them now that we got a wood shop. Like we mostly use that for prototypes. Cause if I see an idea on Pinterest today, mm -hmm. like I've got the picture over to my wood guy tomorrow and he makes me 20 of them. Right. And we send them in. But what's crazy is, on brand new listings that didn't even hit FBA yet, Amazon was already turning on the listing for availability, which never happens, I guess, because our metrics are so good. And with like a two word title placeholder and one crappy picture, it would sell before it would even hit right. FBA. And then we couldn't run any tests on it. So we had to like make up our own playbook because we've never heard of that happening before. We're like, crap, we sold all 30 of those in two days and they didn't even hit FBA yet and we have no data. Now what? So like we figured out these tricks, like one we've been talking about lately is intentional suppression. All right. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is we'll load up a listing, set up the PPC campaign before we even ship anything in. When we go to ship it in, we actually remove the first image. Okay. We just remove it. And that suppresses our listing so it doesn't go for sale, right? But Amazon will continue to distribute those products. So with the intentionally suppressed, they'll distribute to all the distribution centers. It okay. all leads fulfill, you know, FC transfer status. It's all available. And we go bloop and we drop in the picture and everything turns on at once. And even if all 30 or 50 products sell out in three days, the PPC campaigns ran at the same time we get all of our data. Right. Right. Like that's a that's a like I tell people that and they're like, is that possible? And I'm like, yes, we're doing it consistently. Like. We had to make up our own rules to this. And it's not because we're geniuses. It's not because we're like better hustlers than people. We just changed the way we thought. So now like instead of like, I'm going to beat up on Jungle Scout some more. Like <laughs> instead of people ahead, that are working their butts off, like they're hustlers, like they're grinding 
and they're spending like six hours a day on Jungle Scout. Think of the madness of that. I'm going to sit down in my chair and I'm going to find a new product. I'm going to go to Amazon.com. And the only thing that's going to show up is what people are already selling. So now, instead of spending six hours on Jungle Scout finding 27 crappy products, I'm going to ignore and get de depressed and, you know, go run my head through a wall. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go to Pinterest and I'm going to spend five minutes on Pinterest and I'm going to find five products that have a lot of repins, right? Like pin, 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 pin. So I'll go through. Can we do screen share? Is that yeah. possible on my end? Yeah. I don't even know if I can do that. How do I do that? I don't use Google Hangouts. You can, uh, there's a, on the, I don't know if you can, yeah, you're pretty sure you can. Um, don't be showing your products. It should be up there on the, where the left-hand side. It should be on the left-hand side right here. It'll say screen share with a little green, little green uh, button, right? Little green yeah. button. Do it. Oh <laughs> crap. Here we go. Oh, you blow my mind right now. Okay. So look at everybody. Like he's not even using Amazon for actually do his research. He's using Pinterest. That's just crazy. Like, like, you know what I mean? If you're doing, like you're doing private label, everybody that I heard that does private label is doing research on Amazon. You can do so, this. You can do this exact same stuff with merch guys. Yes. So I've never looked concept. up pencil cups before. All right. Never done it. But because we were talking about pencil cups, Holy crap, look at this thing. <laughs> now, look, I, I don't know this for sure, but is that just weird enough that a lot of people would eat that up? 100% cactuses are hot right now, too. Are they? Okay. So now let's do this. I'm going to need you for one of my niches. <laughs> oh, look. Cactus toppers. Look, now I'm pulling up ideas I didn't even know existed. And then also, too, you have a video on your channel, right? You go over this. Uh, yes. Yeah, we have a video on our YouTube channel. So there's a couple items. There's a couple cactus cups, but very few. And there's like there's a lot of the same thing, right? Like this kind of phallic looking <laughs> cactus cucumber, right? But here's the thing. You would have to go through like 700 pages of cups to find cactus cup. And the only ones I'm seeing are like these same, these, the same style, right? But check this out. 17 bucks, mm -hmm. 16 bucks. I know I can buy this in China for 75 cents or 60 cents. Right. And maybe there's just enough search volume. Oh boy. Here we go. Y'all know what helium 10 is, right? Yep. That's why I bought a pillow neck pillows. Kick on retargeting with neck pillows. I'm like, man. So I'm sure I'm not going to hit a home run on the first try off of Pinterest, right? But I'm just showing you the process. So Pinterest, Amazon, research. Pinterest, Amazon. Holy crap. There's 878 people a month looking for a cactus cup. All right. Now, here's the thing. People get like so stressed out about search volume. Don't ever sell anything under 10,000 search volume. Screw that crap. Because when I've got 878 searches for cactus cup and I've got another 320 for cactus cup with straw, and I've got another 194 for cactus cup holder, 429 for cactus cup with lid and straw. I can easily get into like 4,000 like 4,000 searches for nothing. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and it costs me nothing to compete on. So yeah, I'm not selling 3,000 units a month of these things, but who cares? Because my profit margin is massive and I've got no competition, right? But that's another thing though too. Like who the hell's going on uh, Amazon to look for a cactus cup or 
pencil holder or a cup holder. That's a passionate customer, right? Obviously, right? They're looking yeah, for it. That's true. So anyways, I'm looking, I like, just to give an example, I'm scanning through here just for pencil cup, right? Now let's do this. Just, just for grins and giggles. If I had started with this, if I said, oh, here's this thing on my desk, check this out. Oh boy, a lot. Hey, it's almost like I uh, like prophetically said this, like seven and eight dollar items, right? Right. But when I go to Cactus Cup, I'm like finding eighteen and twenty dollar items, right? But if I didn't spend my time here, I would never, ever, ever know that, right? Now the other thing that's cool is I can go in here to. So they used to tell you like how many times something had actually been repinned, and they've actually quit giving that data out. But what you can see is like 96,000 followers for Leisure Arts, right? So now I'm going to get in this rabbit trail and be like, all right, what do they got going? So if they have, holy crap, 6.1 million monthly viewers for Leisure Arts, okay? So check this out. Featured boards, what's trending right now? So now I'm seeing stuff that is two years ahead of Amazon. You guys understand that? Mm -hmm. Like Amazon is two years behind everything. So right now there's like this popularity with like these sugar skulls, like people are doing like cool notebooks with sugar skull, like images on them. That stuff was popular on Pinterest two years ago, well before it was ever popular on Amazon. Right. So I can get down these rabbit trails and in moments find stuff that you guys like would never see on Amazon. You can be the first to it. Here's the other one I love. Shh, quiet. Get off of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quiet. <laughs> that's that, 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 that's our little no. potion. Okay, no, but this is my thing though. Like, um, I want everybody to understand this. Um, what what okay, out of all the places you want to go to research, why Pinterest? Why Etsy? So Pinterest, let me come off a of screen share for a second. You're yep. screen sharing. How do I turn this crap? Oh, stop sharing. <laughs> all right. There we go. So trivia. What are the three largest search engines in the English language? Google, YouTube, and Pinterest. Dang it. Well, I yeah. already said it. Like, I, I kind of ruined my thing. But, yeah, yes, Pinterest. So, Pinterest, there are more people searching on Pinterest than, like, almost anywhere else on the freaking internet, right? And all of that just gives you data. It gives you data. Well, the same thing with Etsy. Like, I go to Etsy because Pinterest is great for ideas, but Etsy is, like, where I can, I'm going to get back on screen share. I can't help myself. No, 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 it's all good. So I want to hear, I'm here. I'm curious. I want to see this now. <laughs> so Etsy is also where people are just, are buying, not just looking, right? So like for me, we've got a wood shop. If I'm like, oh, check this out. Like I can make 20 of these tomorrow, right? Right. So I don't really count, but check this out. So this pencil cup that I had was a, a cement cool. pencil cup, right? Came out of a bespoke post box. Well, look, there's, when I hit pencil cup, there's actually trending, like there's already two in the first eight that are cement, mm -hmm. right? Like maybe there's something to be said there, but here's the magical thing about Etsy. I can buy these. All right. You feeling me? You letting that sink in for a second? 235 five-star reviews on this shop. Let's see what else they got. Barton Burns, their number one product out of 235 reviews and only like 3% of people leave a review, right? That's pretty good. So since 2017, um, I don't think this is accurate. I think that this is wrong because you shouldn't have 235 reviews with only 940 sales. But my point is this is a hot item for them, these cement cups, right? 
Five by three, I wonder what they're using it for. It doesn't matter. Let me buy five of them. Uh-huh. Now you guys can set up a listing and run all of that freaking test that you want to. And you don't have to go to China and buy 500 items. Like, let me go to Etsy, buy five items, and I can sell anything I want to on Amazon, right? As long as it's a unique listing. So even if that company has that same product on Amazon, I'll just put a sticker on or I'll put it in a different package or I'll bundle it with a freaking pencil. It doesn't matter. I don't even care if it doesn't sell, but I can send five in on a listing, run a PPC ad, gather my impressions versus my cost per click, right? I can get on Etsy and in 30 minutes have enough purchases that in five days I can test out six or seven or eight or nine more SKUs. Right. And now you guys are getting data on stuff that you never knew you could get. And what you're doing is finding a correlation between the stuff that's on Etsy and not even on Amazon. So cruise through that Etsy page of pencil cups and find out what's not even on Amazon and test it and see if you can be the first. Then you reverse engineer it. You um, find the supplier for it. Like it's on Etsy. Somebody's making it, right? So if some jabroni in his overall sitting on a flipped over five-gallon bucket in his garage out in Alabama like my next door neighbor is making something like surely I can get that produced in a lot higher quality and more quantity somewhere like China or India or Bangladesh or even down in Central America. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I said, you know, there's ways to test the waters, like you don't want to jump into a pond without knowing how deep it is. Well, buy five of those stupid things off Etsy and find out. That's pretty good. If you also to you guys, if you guys haven't subscribed to uh, Tim's uh, channel, it's uh, in the description down below. So why not do me a favor and subscribe to his channel. What else we want to talk about? <laughs> you cra you crashed it right there, man. It's uh, it's 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 uh, pretty amazing how like some watching something like this, guys. Everyone that's watching, I uh, appreciate you guys watching. Um, watching something like this, it just like you can be laying down, you can be uploading designs, you can be researching whatever you're doing right now, uh, sourcing or whatever. Um, you can just see how important it is to do research. Like like research is king. Is it? Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. Like research and data is king. I, you know, I mean, I, the, the one thing I do want to touch on too, um, just because, you know, I think it all ties together with who Tim is. It's like, it's kind of also the power of being nice, right? Like, so the first time I met Tim, Tim didn't know me from anybody. Like he had no idea who I was or anything else. And now I've hung out with Tim like three or four times, like, and they're trying to start their, you know, their YouTube channel ups, trying to get people on it, everything else. And it's like, Dude, the first person I reach out to him, I like whenever I see him, it's like, come on, come on our channel, man. Like, I know you're going to crush this shit. Yeah. That's, so, that's, that's another thing, though, too, with Tim. That's the same exact thing I wanted to get to. Um, the first time me, me, meeting him, like, I was just quiet. I was just to myself. I didn't know who he was. But then he just, like, came over and just, like, opened up to me. He was, like, some nice guy. And I was like, dude, this is perfect. Like, our personality is going to get along. This guy's cool. He's nice. And, like, you're encouraging and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, this guy's. I talk to you more than most people that do what I do with like merch or anything like that. I talk to you more than like probably more than anybody other than Matt. But that goes to tell you right there, like this guy is actually a genuine, like a really good dude. So that's. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, Amy's asking a question in the chat. So you've done the research now what? So like you've, you've sent in your items, you've got that data, the PPC data, everything else. Like what's, uh, what's helping you determine like what you guys want to do from that next step? Man, it all depends on the product. So I'll give you some examples. So like, well, not exact examples, but like some scenarios. So we've got some products that we determined like are super high-end items because they are made in the USA. So even though we made five samples in our commercial wood shop, like mm -hmm. we just decided to keep making them there, right? So 
we got a guy that pumps it out and we're selling, you know, hundred dollar items and we're selling like 15 of them a day if we can keep the stupid things in stock. Right now, you don't have to have a wood shop. You can scale that up to local stuff, but we just determined what's kicking it over. Like what, what's making it work. So is it the material? Is it where it's made? But typically speaking, so let me go kind of basic scenario, those concrete cups. All right. I buy five of these off Etsy. I know they're going to sell. Then you got to put in the work, right? I got to put in the work to source these and find them, find out where they're produced. If it's China, if it's India, if it's somewhere local, domestic, right? But all of those manufacturers are probably going to be pretty high MOQ, but that's okay because I've tested it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mind buying 2,000 of these concrete cups, right? What scares me to death and what scares everybody else to death and the thing about private labels, like the investment in the unknown. Like, I know a guy that just bought 2,000 of a product from China that I know is saturated, but Jungle Scout told him it would work or viral launch or something. But, like, he's scared because he's like, now I got 2,000 of these things. Me? I'm like, when is that freaking shipment going to get here? Because I'm losing money today because I could sell 20 of them tomorrow. Right? So, um, it really depends on the product. We've got items that we're comfortable only selling five of them a week because our MOQ is dirt cheap and we make a hundred bucks every time we sell one. Like it's super mm-hmm. high end. We've got products that are just fluffers. Like they're not products I'm excited about. They're products that are even very low margin, but because of the volume, it generates enough traffic or, or traffic to our brand. Right? So we've got, so, I mean, like I can't even answer because We got so many different scenarios, but generally speaking, wherever you can source it, you can do with a higher degree of like, trust that it's going to work because you did it. Now, I'll tell you what else. <laughs> There's been times that we bought something off Etsy and we're like, crap, 40 bucks. This is freaking expensive. And we load it into Amazon and we jack the price up so high because we don't want it to sell. We want it to give us that PPC data, right? So we set it at 99 bucks and I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh crap, all five of them sold. <laughs> like now what do we do? And I'm like, well, one, we got to figure out how to source these things cheaper. But two, like, buy up Etsy, like buy all 90 of them they have available. Let's just keep flipping. I'm like, I'll put them on the Amex card through Etsy. I don't care. Like keep selling them, but then we can drop the price down later. Right. But what'll shock you is sometimes like price doesn't matter. Like you can jack this stuff up ridiculously and it just keeps selling. Um, Reach out to those people on Etsy, find out if they're on Amazon be like, Hey, if I wanted to buy like 500 of these, you good with that. We've got a product that is made in the USA. It's patented. And I literally reached out to this guy and I'm like, hey, straight up, man, you know, we've been buying your stuff and selling them on Amazon. I hope you're okay with that. And he's like, I'm fine with that. I saw immediately when you sold them and we had them branded ourselves. They were kind of private label. It was a patented product. And he's like, in fact, you did such a good job and you're moving so many. Like, I'm going to give you the exclusive. And I'm like, all right. So we're the only person and it's a patented item. And if like a hijacker, not a hijacker, but someone comes on and tries to compete, he calls his lawyer, his lawyer sends them a cease and desist and shuts him down. And we're over here just selling them like mm-hmm. automatic. And we're the only one on Amazon that sells them. And we sell as many as we can keep in stock. Like it's ridiculous, right? So don't be afraid to even reach out to that Etsy seller, reach out to that local guy. Hey guys, go on Facebook marketplace. Like we sell a lot of home decor, right? And there's a lot of mom and pops out there making five things in the garage to sell on Facebook marketplace or sell at the flea market, but they're good products and they're cheap. They're actually underpriced. Go to them and say, hey, if I wanted to buy like 50 of these next week, could you do that? And they're all jacked up because they're like, yeah, I'll sell 50 of them things. That's more sales than I've had in six weeks. You like my Southern accent? And they got like missing <laughs> teeth. They got their skull in their thing. Like, elbow on 50 of them. And I'm like, let's make it 100. And they drive it over to my like office in the back of their hoopty pickup truck. 
And we go over and we put it in a good OPP bag, put a sticker on it, thing, send that joker in Amazon. Like it's easy. It's really easy. Now keep in mind, I'm not shooting for those like 10,000 search volume items. Like I'm not trying to sell 200 products a day. I know that sounds awesome guys, but if I'm doing that, if I, if we, and we've gotten to those products, you know what happens? We immediately get targeted. Like every Tom, Dick and Harry out there starts selling the same product and it drives us down. It's brutal, like absolutely brutal when that happens. So I'd rather, like I think of a plane, right? Think of like this big jumbo jet, right? It's super expensive and it's just burns a mountain of fuel, but it gets really high up. Like its altitude gets huge and it, it's really fast, right? I don't want to be that jumbo jet because it goes up and then it comes right back down. Like I want to be this, I want to, instead of having one jumbo jet, I want to have like a fleet of Cessnas. Right. I want like 50 Cessnas. Like they're not sexy. They're not elegant. They're not pretty. They only carry four passengers, five passengers, six passengers at a time, but they take a lot less fuel. They cost a lot less to get up in the air and I can have 50 of them things cruising down here and nobody's looking at me. No one's going, I want to be in that Cessna. Like they're looking at that jet. So everybody's targeting like these really high demand, high competition items. And I got a freaking fleet of Cessnas and I'm selling buttload of products a day and they didn't cost me anything to get into. My PPC spend is like nearly nothing. I've got people hashtagging my stuff on Instagram. I got freaking one of the biggest subscription boxes in the country that not only is putting our stuff, like calling us me like, can you send us a pallet? We're going to put your stuff in our box with your brand on it. They even shipped out a box recently that didn't even have our product physically in the box. It was an add-on item, mm -hmm. but the main insert card in their box front and center was our picture. And I'm like, holy crap, they're repping our brand and not even putting our stuff in their box. They're like, here's front and center picture. By the way, if you like it, go to our website and buy it because it's too expensive to even be in our box. But we're putting it on this image and sending it to 26,000 homes this month. And we're not paying for that kind of advertisement. We're just cruising along on Cessnas, man. So obviously a big part of your strategy is the fact that like you're reducing the risk that you have to test out lots of products, right? Because you're not having to put in large orders with China yeah. to get over here, everything else. What would you say your success rate is in terms of like products that you're sending into Amazon? 95%. Yeah. I like, I'm, I'm trying not to bulk that up. I was going to say a hundred, but occasionally we do have like a product that we're like, eh. and when I say like 95%, I'm not just saying like, Oh, we sold them. I'm like, we're going to restock. Like mm -hmm. we're going to keep going. Like we have a few duds out there, but you know, it costs so little to get into it and test it. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it, it absolutely does not matter. You just do it. It's such little risk to keep trying, like to keep pumping out. And the other thing that's good is we can be very reactionary and very um, kind of flexible. Like if I'm invested all of my time, money, PPC, giveaways, coupons in a freaking saturated product and I've got 10,000 of them on the water because I better not run out of stock because I lose my ranking and I'm done forever. So like you got to keep buying and keep buying and keep right. buying and stay ahead of the curve and you're not making any money doing it. Like you can't transition. Like you got to focus everything on that next 10 containers on the water. With us, like I, I kid you not, if you told me, Tim, I'll give you $10,000 to list all your products. I might get 60 or 70% of them just listing them here because we have so many products that are just churning away that I forgot about them. But that means that I can focus on the new things. Like I don't have to focus in and I'm scared to death of this one thing. Like there are items that frequently like, look, I'm, I'm not a master woodworker by any means, but we like make stuff out of wood, right? Mm -hmm. So like I'll screw up the design because I'll go in and I'll look at my guy. I'm like, Marty, 
I think that if we cut it this way and glue it that way, it ought to hold. And he's like, like he's a master cabinet builder by trade. He's like, Tim, I, I'm like, all we need is a skew, man. Just slap it in there. And like out of 20 sales, we'll get like a 40% return rate. <laughs> broke. And like our listing gets shut down. This is what we do. We go, did the keywords work? Like, was the data good? Cool. All right, let's figure out how to make them better. But by 600 or 800 or 1,000 of them out of China this time, we'll just start a new listing. Like, we don't care, right? Because we've got ourselves spread so wide instead of so deep that like when that stuff happens, it doesn't matter. But I see other people like, I got two private label SKUs and one of them got shut down for a high return rate. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you're investing all your time, energy, effort, and money into like two SKUs. And you're so deep in those, like you can't see your butt from a hole in the ground. Because like you're staring so deeply into this one listing for eight hours a day, like stop! It's madness, yeah. right? It's madness. So, yeah. do you find do you guys find yourself running PPC to everything, or you guys? Oh um, yeah, freaking yeah. pump it to everything. Like, I hate to say it, guys, but Amazon killed all the launches. Like, they're not giving you rank. Kate hates this term. They're not giving you ranking juice. They're not giving you ranking juice for giveaways and promo codes mm -hmm. and all that crap, guys. You can't hack the review system. If you're telling, like, if you're like, Tim's an idiot, you can. Well, maybe you could six months ago. Like, do you guys understand what they did to the review system to restrict it? Yeah, I know exactly what they did to it. Yeah. Do your, does your audience know? Um, I'm not do sure it. if they do or not. I'm not, but you can so go ahead and explain it. We'll explain it briefly. So it used to be, and even we did a little bit of it, uh, black hat. Um, we would sell our stuff and like put it on review groups and be like, if you buy our stuff and review it under this like sequence and here's what we want you to, and we'll PayPal you money. Like you speak with that. But Amazon, like you guys understand the review thing is not Amazon being a butt. Like the federal government is suing Amazon for manipulated reviews. Like you guys understand that the government controls securities and exchanges and like mm -hmm. consumers, right? So when Amazon was letting people dupe the system, it was frauding the consumers of the U.S. because they're buying stuff based on incomplete, inaccurate information, right? So just so you know, this isn't Amazon. This is like... The Fed, this is Congress having to restrict this. So they're putting the heat on Amazon. And Amazon's like, we can't stop it. They're paying on PayPal. Like, we can't. So what someone finally did is said, well, wait a minute. We know that on average in kitchenware, there's a 3% review rate. So for every 100 items that are sold on a SKU, there's three reviews. So now let's look at them. And anything over 4%, we know they're probably faking it. So they're looking at stuff and they're like, this one SKU sold 90 items this month and they got 82 reviews. We know that's not true. Like it's not accurate. So what they do is they just strip all of them, but like three. Yep. Right. So even if, and there are people, look, I've been in like cubicles in China with walls filled with phones and people are in there going, and all they're doing is like hyping these reviews up. And you'll see that you'll see a new listing. You're like 400 reviews and you're like, Oh God. And then like the next day it's down to one because Amazon is catching that stuff. Right. So my point is like, you can't dupe the system anymore. So the only thing that we found to launch products, aside from influencers, and we do some stuff, you know, like that, just really good PPC, like have a unique product, have a really good offer, have a good story, you know, make it a good buyer experience when they get that product and, you know, just run PPC to it. Now, PPC can be expensive and we run a lot of tests that like is super expensive just to get the data and then we hone it down. But we've got products that like we're consistently selling a lot of and our a cost is less than 1%. I think it's less than a half a percent yeah. because once you get it there, it just chills. Right. And then we start negative keywording out like, oh man, it uh -huh. pisses me off. If I'm on page one for concrete pencil cup and I'm the number two spot, 
don't run a freaking PPC ad for concrete pencil cup. Right. Because you're right here and right here, and people are always going to click here, like negative that keyword out and just stay on page one, right? So the the PPC can get expensive. And the other thing with reviews for FBA stuff, freaking early reviewer program. You've got to do it. It's like 50 bucks a review, and they'll solicit the buyers until they get 50. But for some magical reason, we have an extremely high rate of like four and five star reviews. I don't know if it's because our products are really that good, but like when we started using EBC or not EBC, but like the early reviewer program, mm -hmm. like our quality of reviews went up ridiculously. And I don't know why that is, but it's true. We even had a guy that emailed us yesterday through Amazon and was like, Hey, I'd love to leave you a five-star review, but this component was missing or broken. Broken. We're like, whatever okay. it takes. So we messaged him. We're like, don't return it. Like, we want to make your life as easy as possible. It's an inconvenience to return it. Let us send you a new one. So we literally got one like out of the storage room, not even like fulfilled FBA. We put it in the most beautiful box. We put a handwritten note in that thing. Like it was gorgeous. We mailed we mailed it to him. We sent him through Amazon uh, Messenger, his UPS tracking number, and he responds. He's like, wow, I can keep the old one? Like, thanks. Five-star review. And we're like, ching, because every five-star review we get, like, we're crushing everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exc exciting delight. That's, yeah, that's it. It's that's great. Something. Yeah, reviews, too, are big, too. That's just in any business. Um, that's the, that's pretty amazing. Uh, this actually this is actually a really good uh, interview. It's actually turned into a workshop. It's, like, one of my favorite things. I love when... You know what you did with the screen share? Like it's like you like you you can you can say it, but now like you just showed everybody like how to do it. That's like anybody can say it, but can you show people how to do it? No, well, listen, we've got and you mentioned it, and we dropped it today, guys. Like we dropped it. Is it Wednesday? Today we dropped a video on our YouTube channel. It's with my business partner Kate, and she does like a I think it's a twenty five minute video of exactly that, but she goes deep into it. So if you like those methods, guys. Go over to our YouTube channel, type in private label legion, boom, or on Discord, <laughs> whichever it is. It just just go over there, uh, go over to our YouTube channel and check it out. It was just released today on February 27th. And show her some love too, because she's sitting over there like 37 weeks pregnant and mad at the world. And if y'all showed her some love on that video, like greatest video ever. This is way better than Tim's videos, because we share a channel, right? That would like that would be really cool to her. But seriously, she spent a lot of time putting that video together. We got it edited just for that exact walkthrough content, but even more in depth than what I just showed you. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I watched it earlier today. I shared it everywhere. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I think this is like again, it's you threw a lot of people, so I think that people should probably go back and watch this again, anyways. And then also, mm -hmm. like I said, go watch Tim's channel, join their group. They're constantly talking about all this stuff in their group. Um, but. The, the core message I think is really valuable. And here's the reason why, like e-commerce, yes, there's tons and tons of opportunity, right? There's so much opportunity, but people are smart. They're not dumb, right? So like the same actions, the same things that worked in the past and even worked six months ago, they're not gonna continue to work. So you have to yep. think about how you can get ahead of your competition. Amen, preach it. Yeah, dude, like I told you, you kind of opened my eyes to that when, uh, cause you were talking about something I'd never heard of for any of the stuff with FBA private label or any of that stuff. And then that just sent me down the goddamn rabbit hole. And that's, that's really <laughs> what I'm doing. What I'm at right now. Game over. Um, yeah. Well, that's now, awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate you saying that, man. That's encouraging. Sometimes I feel like I'm just pissing in the wind. Like, <laughs> like, dude, I was up at funnel hackers this week and like, we have this little meetup for our group, right? If, if you don't know about our group, just type in in Facebook, private label Legion. We have a Facebook group um, page, okay. check all that stuff out. Um, RJ, if you'll share that, but, so we yeah. got this little meetup and it's a bunch of Amazon sellers. And some of these sellers are like, 
doing three million a year. Like my boy Kevin King is standing there, right? And Kevin King invited me. Do you guys know who Kevin King is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean everybody knows who Kevin King is. Like Kevin King's doing what he's called like the million or the billionaire meetup or something this year in Austin, right? Okay. And he's only he's only inviting fifty people to it. Like it'll be the most exclusive, thing. and he's only got like ten speakers. And like I've known Kevin for a long time, but I'm standing in this circle and I'm like screaming. I'm like, like I pulled out my. There's this girl, and she's like, "You can really find products that like nobody else is selling." I was like, like I pulled out my phone and I'm like, "Look at this product." I'm like, "This product has five thousand searches a month, and there's no listings for it." And she's like, "You just gave that to me." I'm like. I've got seven hundred. It doesn't matter. And like, I'm getting all amped up and there's like this big circle of people that joined around me. Right. And like, after a minute I text it and like, Kevin's over there, like taking notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow. Kevin's taking notes. But like, I sit back and I'm like, cause, cause let me get honest with you for a second. Entrepreneurs have a problem with being self-critical. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, listen, like I have these nights and I'll get to my point in a second, but like I have these nights of anxiety where like, I'll stay up all night, like staring at the ceiling where I'm looking at my wife. She's like, what's wrong? Why are you sweating? I'm like, I'm scared. Like we're about to launch this thing. You're like, I got all this pressure. And I used to think it was just me being a big puss. Right. But what I later found out was like, you know, entrepreneurs have like the highest rate of anxiety of pretty much anybody else in the country. Like, and it's because we are so passionate about our business that we relate our business success with our personal success. Okay. Like other people that go to nine to five jobs, like they check out and they're done. They go home. Us, like we never turn it off. Like our life is our business and it's wrong. Like it's a fallacy. We shouldn't be doing this. Right. But we just do it. So anyways, we're so hypercritical of ourselves. And like, I'm standing around like Kevin King's writing notes. Like there's these multi-million dollar sellers that are like, like listening. And I'm like, I'm the man. And I turn around. I'm like, Oh crap. Did I say something wrong? Like they're never going to do what I said. Like they must think I'm an idiot, you know, cause that's how we think. So I'd say all that to say, I appreciate you guys um, encouraging me, man. And, and, you know, don't stop. All of you that are listening, man, encourage somebody else. I mean, we all have that problem of, of having self-doubt. And the problem is it creates like this lack of moving forward. We all know what to do. If you're in merch, you've got a merch account set up. Like you've got all these shirt designs that you probably started and you probably have a bunch of them that sucked right on like early on. That just happens. But like, quit beating yourself up and understand that everybody else is doing it. Like everybody else is screwing up. Everybody else is wasting time and money in their eyes. They're actually investing in themselves and they do that. But like realize that we all do this thing. We beat ourselves up and encourage each other. Like, like guys, when you say like, like you said like four or five times, how much you respect what I'm saying. Like I, I love, like that'll pump me up for days, but y'all that are listening, like do that, go in these communities. Like we have this amazing opportunity these, like seller communities and all this stuff on Facebook, like go in there and just tell somebody doing a great job. Like somebody that you don't know, like someone puts up a screenshot. They're like, I sold my first shirt today. Like blow them up. Holy crap. You're in like the top 1% of the top 1% of entrepreneurs because you sold something. Like you actually opened an account and you made a design and you put a shirt up, like encourage those people. Because if you're not encouraging those people, nobody's going to encourage you. And if we're not helping each other out, we're going to sit around and beat ourselves up as entrepreneurs and tell each other we suck and tell ourselves we suck and we're never going to move forward. Oh. Uh, okay, you just, uh, we're, me and I are going to be on your show next week because you just stole the whole Real Talk audience. And then, <laughs> 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 Sorry, I mean, I get jacked up. I can't stop it. No, it's good. I love that. I love that type of shit. Like it, 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 it's, it is very motivational because 
um, there's, I don't know, there's a lot of people putting people down. And it's not even like it shouldn't even be about that. But that's another thing, though. You're very unique. That's what makes you you because like, no, nobody understands that. A lot of people don't understand what the type of person you are. Like you're crushing it. You're killing it here. But then when you talk to you, like when you're when you talk to you in person, you're the same exact way that you are right now. But you wouldn't even, never even know that you're crushing it. Like, yeah, so no, I mean, that's one of the things like that, that that's one of the things that stood out from the moment you made him is like there's very little ego. Like Tim knows that he's been successful and he's had success on Amazon, but that doesn't mean that like you come across as somebody that's arrogant or different. You know what I mean? Because I respect that because it's not necessarily the truth with a lot of other people. Well, it's mostly because I'm ugly. If I was good looking like RJ, man, I'd yeah. be a prick. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm ugly. I can't act that uh, way. Be be careful, RJ. Next time Tim hangs out with, he's gonna try and talk you into moving to Alabama. He tried. He tried to sucker my wife into that. Actually, that that's not how that happened. Your wife was like, "I think I'd like to live in Alabama," and I'm like, "It's a great place to live." Like it was a little different, a little different than that. It's not bad though. No, no this is a really good interview. Um, you guys actually, we didn't even get to like, you guys have any questions at all for Tim? Um, already asking probably on the YouTube channel. Believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the comments, so I don't know. But hey, I'll say this: like, if y'all have any questions, if you're listening to this like three months from now on RJ's channel, man, just comment in there, and uh, and I'm sure they'll track me down and and let me answer it for them. I mean, these guys know how to get a hold of me, or just look, send me a DM on Facebook. I don't care who you are. Send me a private message. I check that stuff out. Just say, hey, I watch you in a video with this fat guy and this Mexican guy and they're talking to you and I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, what's your question? Like, I will take the time to answer that. I promise you. You're, you're sending me videos in my DM. <laughs> Tim was sending me videos and you see, this is how cool Tim is. I'll send me videos. It's like, dude, I don't even want to watch this. I don't even want to know what's going on. And he's like, dude, you better watch it until he starts sucking the toes. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not watching this. That was an Alabama twerker, man. <laughs> Man, oh. and, uh, okay, we we're talking to this girl. He's she's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, uh, "Don't even." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was good. I don't know. <laughs> Man, oh, y'all got me sweating over here. No, y'all, everybody, see why uh, we said you should tune in and watch the show tonight. Like, not only did you guys just learn a, a, just a ton of shit, like it was also entertaining. <laughs> We talking about better. Alabama girls sucking toes. I don't know if that's entertaining or not. That's just a normal Tuesday night for RJ. Oh god, <laughs> nah, that's cool, man. Um, that's another thing though, too. If you guys can see like the quality, like I said at the very beginning, um, go check out his YouTube channel. You guys can see like the quality of his videos are like really good. And he's over here asking me questions like, "Hey, how do you do this? How are you ranking for this?" And I'm I'm trying to figure out like how he how he's not ranking on his YouTube channel because he should be like well over. Yeah, I got uh, I got something to send to you after this, Tim. Um, it's about uh, like some analytics on YouTube and, and people that broke down a bunch of YouTube SEO stuff. Um, might interest you. That'd be good. That'd be great. I'll share the channel in the group too as well. Uh, Matt already did it. I'll share it in another group. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we'll just, like you said, uh, like, that's another thing too. Like if we have any questions, we go to Tim and he answer, answers them for us. So it's kind of like a, the relationship. Yeah, I'm going to tell you guys, tell you guys a little secret too. Um, if you want to get like, really, really good value, right? So one of the secrets to getting really, really good value, especially on Facebook, is when you get in a group and the group is not 10,000 people, right? So like I was looking at Tim's group a little bit earlier and it still blows me away because they put out amazing content. I think you guys are right around like 1,600 people in that group right now. Yep. Like if you want to get your, your question answered, if you want to find out like the real information, go to a group that's small and that's hungry, that's trying to grow because you're going to actually talk to the people that are directly involved with the group. 
It's not going to get washed out. There's not going to be too much noise. Like it's a great opportunity to learn. Yeah, I actually like that our group's a little bit small right now. I mean, we want to grow it, obviously, but we haven't grown it with like a bunch of fluff and like stealing yep. people out of other groups. And we were doing some analytics and our engagement rate in our group is like 25 times, like 20, like 2,500 percent higher than most groups, even with size, because mm -hmm. the quality of folks that we have in it and like. I t I'll tell you what, like between those of us that like lead, and I'm not just talking about people that like that are business partners of mine, but like we have, like you guys know John Balcazar, mm -hmm. yeah. like John Balcazar wakes up and like checks my group, like, like, cause he's like so hungry to like answer questions and help people and support us. Like we have so many guys that, and girls that are just so, all, I'm sorry, women, I was told today not to say girls, <laughs> men and women that are so like passionate about this stuff that like a small group like ours, we have that 2,500% increase in engagement because you ask a question in there, by God, you're going to get an answer. And if you get the wrong answer, we'll correct it because we're in there like coming back and, and we'll be polite about it. We're like, Hey, no, uh, Wang Chu, Xing, whoever you are, like that's not, no, that's not the correct answer. And we'll kind of straighten it up. So you that's want some good answers, we'll hook you up. That's another thing too. Don't get the fool by the numbers. Don't be like, just because it's only, 300 searches doesn't mean, you know what I mean? The product, there's no demand for the product. Uh, just because there's a group of uh, 1,000, if the group is only 1,000, doesn't mean, you know what I yeah, mean? The content is not good. Yep. That's it. Um, yeah. So uh, any questions at all, I'll be dropping the links down below. Um, so we have his YouTube channel down below, and then we ha will have his Facebook group too as well. That's it. 100%. And we're going to uh, we're gonna try and set something up to get uh, his business partner, Kate and uh, JB on the show too. We should get all three of you on. That'll be a fun episode. Yeah, that, I mean, <sighs> It might be too much, man. You start breaking people's computer screens. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to hit that set that for like June or July or something like that. I'll be good. Yeah. Let's do, um, let's do a freaking live one, man. Yeah. What, what, what are, are y'all coming out to ASD? So I might come out for a night. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go for the full thing, but I might come out for a night, but uh, Dude, that'd be fun. Come out to ASD. We'll freaking set up in the middle of the Las Vegas strip and do a live from there. Like me and JB, we got like all these, like Abe's going to be the Cassie basket. I think is coming uh -huh. out there to hang out with us. Like, let's just freaking take over freaking the strip Shut and just do a go live from there. All right. That's a deal. I'll, I'll drag RJ out there. Okay. There we go. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Let's do it. I'm down. Okay. I'm down. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. Thank guys, you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Everybody hopping on. Thank you for taking the time out of your night to come listen to us. And it means a lot to me and us. And every, uh, yeah. every single one of you guys needs to go from this show right now. Go to Tim's YouTube channel and hit subscribe. Every single one of you. If we didn't promote it enough. It doesn't matter. Just go do it right now. Go hit that subscribe button right now. Yeah. Thank, right, you guys. Right. thank you guys. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Yep. Have a good night. Have a good night.